0: The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio
1: station. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible?
0: But being here with you today and every Monday always makes me smile. So thanks for joining us today on the Million Dollar Mindset here on TogiNet. You know, I have one of those which came first, the chicken or the egg kinds of questions for you. Do you believe that you need success and wealth to find true happiness or that the state of happiness itself leads to success and wealth. Which comes first, that chicken or the egg? You know, there are a lot of people out there chasing success in order to find happiness. Yet, there's also a lot of research out there indicating that it really is the other way around, that happiness breeds success. We know without a doubt that the performance of positive employees is higher than those negative employees. And the same goes for entrepreneurs. Happy entrepreneurs are simply more successful and a heck of a lot less stressed out than the negative business owners. So we actually need to find ways to be happy while we're working to drive our businesses to the top. So let me say that again. We need to find ways to be happy. Because happiness is an inside job, right? While we're working to drive our business to the top And becoming a leader who who builds a happiness culture is an important way to create market success and differentiation for your company. We know that culture. It's all about the culture and the values within your company nowadays. Finally, we're, we're reaching our customers through a very authentic means of marketing and communications. But there are some ways that leaders hold themselves back without even being aware of it, and the root causes can be traced to their levels of authentic happiness. Internationally acclaimed speaker, best selling author, accomplished coach, and founder of The Heart of Living Vibrantly, Valerie Shepard is here today to help us figure out this whole happiness thing. So put on your smile and turn up the dial because there's lots of great stuff in the next hour. And Valerie Shepard, I am honored to welcome you to the Million Dollar Mindset.
2: Good morning, Marla. How are you? I'm good, Valerie. How are you today? I'm fabulous. It's another great Monday morning. It I'm really is. excited to be with you and your audience.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here today. And Valerie, while I was I was reading your bio today and and checking out your website. Um, I, I was intrigued by your professional background and how you came around to creating the Heart of Living Vibrantly. Share that story with the listeners.
2: Oh, sure. Thanks. Yes, I, uh, I have a 30-year career in cause-related and um, different aspects of marketing, pharmaceutical, consumer packaged goods, and, and service business marketing. I uh, did that in a couple of different roles, both in consulting and as a line manager, and uh, I've done organizational development through leading and coaching teams, through founding and teaching in corporate universities. I've been an adjunct professor and guest lecturer at the University of California, Irvine, Mirage School of Business for undergrads and graduates in marketing. And I speak to them on leadership and communication and relationships and things like that. And I've done community service with causes related to homelessness disadvantaged youth, domestic violence, and I do spiritual transformation and spiritual direction work.
0: That's fascinating. And somewhere along the way, you earned the title Sherpa of Happiness. Tell us more about that and what it means.
2: Yeah, I was uh, working with someone and we were basically just talking about the dynamics in his life, personal and professional. And a lot of people are afraid of working with a coach or digging into their past um, because I guess they assume they'll either get sucked into some vortex of unhappiness or whatever the wounds are from the past and um, never recover. Or they just think even the process of delving into um, what's underneath the surface of them is going to be un- un- unhappy. It's going to be a-, a sad time. And it can be that. And I mean, some of the things that we talked about that I talked about with this particular person weren't the greatest things in his life, but they needed to be discussed. And he was excited that it wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be. And that in mm-hmm. fact, there are lots of periods of laughter and lightheartedness through the process. So he said, you know, he kind of dubbed me the shirt of happiness and it sort of stuck. He's like, you guide people to more um, success and joy in their lives. And, uh, feels like you're the Sherpa of happiness and so I I kind of hung on to it I like
0: yeah I like it too I like it too you know a lot of people think about um, coaching oftentimes they equate it with therapy and been in therapy, and that's been very painful. And, and, you know, I always like to say that coaching is about moving forward and that we get to design our future, and that can be a really happy future. So I love that, her Sherpa of happiness. So you know, there, I
2: agree with you on that. I yeah. think there are a lot of people who have a complete misunderstanding mm-hmm. of what coaching can really be like. And um, I think of it more, I think of myself more as a mentor, a partner on a journey. Like, like the person, my clients are the ones who have to make the, the big choices. A, I want to do it. I'm going to move myself forward. And then B, this is a person I'd like to support me as I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's really very, very different from therapy. And I've been in therapy twice in my life, and it didn't really move me forward. It, and so I feel like there's a, you make a very good distinction that people should be aware of
0: yeah thank you. And uh, I think it is important that we continue to um, you know talk more about the energy of coaching and what it means so that more people are are willing to come on board and, and take this journey with us and, and it, you know have fun doing it. And I'm curious, Valerie, where in your career or your life did you find the the, the fascination and the niche, if you will? with happiness?
2: Oh, boy. Well, it started with finding out how unhappy I was.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it Doesn't always?
2: <laughs> it was a really deep look in the mirror, basically. And, it, um, and in a nutshell, it was about my own journey. Like all the things that I do now are rooted in things that i the transformation that I've gone through myself. And, and the story is that I woke up one day and um, found myself in a hospital emergency room here in Southern California, the Hogue Hospital, and um, thinking I was having a heart attack and um, being pretty afraid. And it was that wake-up call that was the catalyst for me kind of taking a deeper look inward and discovering that what I thought was happiness really wasn't. It was kind of conditional excitement, and the things that I thought would bring me happiness really hadn't. They had brought me a lot of other things—a great executive compensation package, all kinds of kind of worldly success. But they, you know, you mentioned it earlier, uh, and I believe it. Happiness is an inside job, and I believe all of life is that way. It's an inside game, and and when we're focused on the outside, we're missing the biggest aspects of how we can really feel peace, love, joy, and freedom in our lives all the time, not just here and there. Mm-hmm.
0: And so you had what uh, many, many people, you know, would call the ultimate success with that executive level compensation package and all the frills that goes with it. Uh, what were some of the first steps that you did when you when you woke up in the emergency room and said, hey, I have got to change my life? How do you start that journey? The
2: first thing, you know, I'm always as a as a manager and a leader in business. It's, to me, it's always about identifying what the problem is first. Like, if we get started down a path trying to solve the wrong problem, and we end up in a place, it may not be a bad place, but it's certainly not the penultimate. It's not the real it's the real deal, so to speak. So I started asking myself a lot of questions. It just became about trying to understand how did I get where I was, what was really going on inside of me, um, all kinds of questions about, who I was in my life like I had noticed that there were aspects of my personality and the way I was showing up at work in relationships with men in relationships with friends that weren't serving me and sometimes I didn't know where the behaviors came from if that makes sense I would I could look back and go who was that like and, and there were things that I knew I didn't like that I was doing you know for example Uh, My reaction to questions, my staff would say, you know, sometimes you just feel so angry. Um, I'm afraid to approach you about certain things. Well, that doesn't work if you need them to let you know that there's a problem brewing. (laughs) You know, you can't have your staff afraid to come talk to you about situations. And and this was something I was consciously aware of because I'd seen it in my performance evaluations. But I wasn't able to fix it. You know, I would work on it. But until I was willing to go deeper than the surface, like underneath that, the hidden aspects of myself, the subconscious aspects of myself, and work on that, I wasn't able really to make any any changes. So the questions about why am I being this way? What is it about the situation that is affecting me a certain way? It doesn't affect everyone that way. It affects me this way. And what is it that it is about me that I'm not aware of? The blind side. We all have blind spots. What is it in my blind spot? that is running me ragged and and making my life less than pleasant.
0: And and that can be a really tough thing to look at. And I'm sure in your coaching practice, you also have people who come in and say, you know, I should be happy. I've got this great job. I've got this great marriage. You know, and it's almost like they feel guilty for exploring the idea that maybe they're not entirely happy.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I will tell you, Marla, I've started to feel guilty, too. I was there was a part of me that was beating myself up, which I was very good at and have done it most of my life was judging myself. Self-judgment is one of the worst ways that we keep ourselves out of an experience of true, inner, authentic mm-hmm. happiness. And I was guilty of like, you know what, I've got all these things that I even called success, not just everybody else called success, but I believed I was successful and I was, I had lots of accomplishments, credentials, you know, all kinds of things that would have, you know, fit in the column of successful human beings. And at the same time, I was feeling empty and alone Mm -hmm. and fearful. A lot.
0: So, Valerie, when we come back from break, I'd like to talk more about that because I think that's a really important point is getting past that guilt and um, working toward the happiness. This is Marla Tabaka. We'll be right back in just a moment.
1: Unlocking the secrets in you. To create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka and we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5 4 Central on Toginet.com. with kids in the summer, how to set up your one-room schoolhouse, how obedience is paramount, and what to do with those snakes. Plus, you will be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNenney Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, on toginet.com.
0: And I hope that you've had the opportunity to check out the successful soloists over on inc.com today. I think that the uh, topic goes well with our topic here on the Million Dollar Mindset today. Four surprisingly effective things to say. And, you know, sometimes as the boss or, you know, the entrepreneur, whatever you are, y- you feel like you have to know it all, whether you're a speaker, or a coach, or a boss. And you you might even feel like you always have to be in the right and it's difficult to admit when you're wrong. So this article is all about some simple yet really powerful words that you can use to open communications and to build trust and, and to be a leader with integrity. So go check that out at Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. And we're here today with Valerie Shepard. And you can learn more about Valerie over at her website, Heart of living vibrantly.com That's Heart of Living vibrantly.com. And if you have questions for Valerie and you'd like to call into the show today, we are welcoming callers at 877 864 Four eight six nine and Valerie, thanks once again for being here today. You were telling your fascinating story, and we were talking about you know the guilt and confusion associated with exploring happiness when when we appear to have all of the important things in our lives, all of our ducks in the row. So so go ahead, tell us more about that part of your journey.
2: Uh, yes, I was saying that I uh, felt guilty about even questioning it. Like I felt Mm -hmm. that I had no right really to want more happiness. I had so many things that should have contributed to my current happiness and I tried really hard to be happy. Um, Mm -hmm. and what would happen is I would, um, have what I called conditional excitement. You know, when something great would happen, I would be really happy in the moment, but I would notice that there was this like never ending cycle of, before I was even finished celebrating one success or one accomplishment, I was already feeling behind at accomplishing the next one. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly moving forward in my career, but not really getting anywhere in my life. And so, you know, it would be a cycle of happiness, then hollowness, then guilt. Happiness, hollowness, mm-hmm. guilt. And... Um, Uh, That doesn't do so well. So, you know, I ended up in the hospital, and this thing that I thought was a heart attack really wasn't a heart attack, thank goodness. Um, But there had been some cardiac activity, which later was diagnosed as a benign superarrhythmia, meaning there was nothing physiologically wrong with my heart, but there was something very wrong with my heart. And that was kind of the wake-up call. Okay, so this is not coming from my body. This is a response to how I'm making decisions and choices and feeling how I'm feeling about myself and how I'm feeling about myself in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And so those are some, some classic patterns. That's a classic pattern that you exhibited in your life. And having awareness around those things is really the first step. And uh, did you find, Valerie, that you had to seek outside help or were you able to start shifting things on your own?
2: I did both. I started on my own because I had done coaching and I had done some psychology work and I had done psycho-spiritual counseling and I went on the spiritual journey this time. I went into a deeper inner acknowledgement of myself beyond the human being state and went into understanding who I really am at a deeper level. And that was the key. That unlocked everything. And that's why my business is a spiritual direction, spiritual transformation business. Um, I really got clear on what's below the surface and what I had disconnected from and what I had attached to in personality and identity and Mm -hmm. the wounds that were kind of running me, what I call the woundology of me. And how I had been looking for happiness in things outside of me and that things that I can't control. And... but that I felt like I should be able to control or wanted to control and was living in fear and um, lots of different dynamics. And for part of it, I had support from wonderful transformational teachers, and part of it, I walked on my own.
0: Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage to explore those things and to make the uh shifts in your life that you obviously made transitioning from a nice and secure job into the entrepreneur's world was that how how was that for you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. Did you have to bring that up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did because I'm curious. I feel your pain.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I got to tell you, talk about, um, talk about wake up calls. I mean, it's amazing how all the things that, um, made me very successful as a team leader, as an executive, as a, um, business leader, they're not exactly um, leveraged the same way as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. and um, it, it's been an interesting experience to see myself in action. And, it's, you know, I have to accept things. Like there are things that I have done very well for other people that I didn't do so well for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where coaches have come in for me. I think that's the number one thing, the acknowledgement that, you know what, I, when I'm doing it for myself, there's a different dynamic happening. And the help of a coach, the help of an advocate, a mentor, allows me to kind of rest, and somebody else's wisdom and not have to have all the answers you know you said it right before the break I think before we came back to the break this idea that being a leader doesn't mean we know everything and we have to get it all right all the time nice. but many of us are raised on that kind of ideology around leadership you've got to be in the know and you have to have all the answers and that to me is a myth and when we get caught up in that little web of illusion we get really stuck in different places in our world, and we don't feel comfortable asking for help. And to me, that is a hallmark of leadership is being able, not necessarily having all the answers, but nowhere to get them, and to be willing to say, I need your help.
0: Oh, a and that's sentence. one of the statements <laughs> in my article today over at Inc. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It is. It is. So that's funny. I learned that lesson in a, in a really profound way, Valerie. When I worked for NBC many, many years ago, I had the honor and privilege of being in a weekend-long uh, workshop. And Jack Welch was in this workshop as a participant, right? Because it was an internal thing and GE owned um, NBC. They just acquired NBC. And Jack was, was speaking and someone asked him a question and he, he paused and he looked at the person and he said, I probably should know the answer to that, but I don't, but I'll have it for you by the end of the day. I was just flabbergasted. I thought, how cool is that? You know, masterful, masterful. And that's a person who's
2: competent. In themselves they're not getting their idea of self from whether you approve of them or not they're very comfortable to be able to say that with such confidence is being totally comfortable in who you are and knowing that whether you know something or not is really not about who you are it's more about what you can do than about the truth of who you are
0: right right and it's it is it's about being authentic and, and letting the, the truth of who you are be visible to others and accessible to others. And that's not always easy. No. <laughs> so, Valerie, a lot of people do seem to sacrifice happiness in the pursuit of money, prestige, and and, and fame or, or whatever it is that they're seeking. Uh, why is that?
2: Well, for me, it came down to beliefs and values. So I think I was just one among millions, and I bet you there are millions who are doing it this very minute. And for me, the model looked like I was really fueled in the present moment by this promise of deferred happiness. So I worked hard. I pushed myself to excel at everything and know everything and to gain prestige and build wealth. And the idea was, well, at some point in the future, I'll retire a millionaire and get on with being happy. But right now, it's about preparing for that time. And so deferred happiness, was it always pushed off into a future moment. This is great, but it'll be even better when. This is great, but. And there was always this next place. And sometimes in the moment, it wasn't that great. It was like, well, this isn't that great, but there will be time when it will be. Just suck it up and keep going. And so what I, you know, as I've gone through the journey of my own transformation, what I've discovered is the beliefs and values that are under underneath those behaviors and that mindset and the beliefs that working hard is how you create what you want in your life. You know, anything worth having is worth working hard for. Maybe not. Um, that is a mindset that keeps us shut out from other things in our lives that also build our Ability to allow, trust, receive, and to give. Mm-hmm. So when we run ourselves ragged and ch- you know, chasing after this idea of success, we don't have very much to give. And in fact, we're suboptimal in giving to our businesses. We're just not aware of it. It's subconscious. So the, the place to, to find out are we sacrificing happiness for money, prestige, responsibility, whatever, is to go into your beliefs and values. What are your beliefs and values about you and your life? What are your beliefs and values about money and what it can do for you? What are your beliefs and values about how you demonstrate who you are and what you have to contribute?
0: Mm-hmm. And um, I know that, that I have, and I'm certain, obviously, that you have a great values exercise for our clients. And really, I would give it to anyone who contacted me because I believe in the necessity of really being in touch with your values. I don't think that it's possible to achieve happiness before you even do that work.
2: Yeah, I agree. It, mm-hmm. You know, And it's amazing to see. How many of our beliefs and values never were ours to begin with?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They
2: were somebody else's. And mm -hmm. many times they were our parents. And many times, you know, in many cases, nobody sat me down and told me my beliefs and values. I sort of absorbed them by experiences around me. And that's what I mean by the subconscious can run us, because we take on these belief systems by situations, not necessarily because we want them or believe they're right or true. You know, for example...
0: Um, we we well, I... absorb them and uh, go through life, you know, owning them. And it's important to do the work of rearranging our values and identifying, you know, which are the ones that are closest to your heart. We're going into another break. I can't believe how fast this time is going. You can learn more about Valerie at heartoflivingvibrantly.com, and we'll be back here with you in a moment.
1: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready for Wise Up Radio. Leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, Stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence, and how to create your life as a living legacy where the legacy you leave is the life you live. As thought leaders, you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change. For more Donna, check out her website, GameChangerThinking.com. Then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on Wise Up Radio with Donna Kimbrand, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oe Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book, Human Language Evolution, and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated, and we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Owe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history And maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon Central on Toginet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet, Owe Nandi. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude. And Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Tokenet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka
0: and I'm here today with best-selling author Valerie Shepard and we're, we're talking about how to discover the keys to happiness what are the steps how do you start to explore where you're at in life and how you could be happier and uh, the step that we're talking about right in this moment is values exploring your values and really understanding which are yours and which of those have been uh, passed on by you do know, your environment and the people who raised you and and the people who are around you most often and really really understanding and identifying the things that are most important to you the very most important things to you in this whole wide world is um, a number one step so Valerie what's next and so someone's worked with a coach or or done their research found a great book whatever it takes and they've really explored those values and they get it what's next
2: Mm, I think it's about making choices. So we th- we hear the idea of free will and that we have free will. And what's interesting is that we don't always exercise it. Um, what I found in my life was that I was being run by knee-jerk reactions. So I was automatic on autopilot. I call it being asleep at the wheel of your life, where if you actually – become an observer, a conscious, caring observer of you in your life, you'll start to ask yourself some questions like, okay, well, what was that about? Why did that reaction happen? Why am I putting up with that? Why am I not doing this? And you'll start to see that you're actually not making as many choices as you think you are. You're actually on autopilot and things are just happening out of a past course of action. So the values is really important. Your belief systems is really important. You know, beliefs are just thoughts practiced over and over and over again until they become kind of what you think is true. But a lot of it isn't. And so s- mm-hmm.
0: go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to add to what you said. How important it is to observe your responses to to things, and really write down in journal and explore those responses. Because I think a big part of what keeps us from being happy is is placing blame, if you will, uh, on external circumstances rather than uh, go ahead and taking responsibility for the way we f- think, feel, and and be.
2: Yes, personal responsibility is absolutely critical, and the the shame, blame, guilt, and punishment game has to stop. Mm
1: -hmm. And what
2: most people will find, if they really dig in, they're really often often being heaping shame and blame and guilt and punishment on themselves. Yeah, and from a universal spiritual perspective, the outer world is a reflection of what's going on within us. So if we start to look at the outer world, the best way that you can determine what your beliefs and values are and how they're operating in your life is to look at your results. If you have difficult relationships, if you have money problems, if you have dynamics where even when it's great, it doesn't feel that great to you on the inside, it feels hollow or empty, that, that pattern I was talking about, happiness hollowness guilt move on if you've got that happening you have to turn inward because it's calling you it's calling you into an attention posture it's saying look over here there's a place where you can go within find out what is this problem and resolve it and then you'll spiral upward into a different level of consciousness which gives you access to a different level of happiness different level of true joy and I talk about authentic happiness being the kind that is from the inside it's not conditional so birthdays and milestones and accomplishments, those are really conditional things, and they're great. But what I really lead my clients to is a deeper connection to their inner state of being of peace, love, joy, and freedom that comes from that.
0: And, and you do feel that. It's possible to have that authentic inner being happiness and have the material things that you still truly end up desiring once you discover that happiness.
2: Absolutely. And I also feel, I mean, this isn't Pollyanna stuff. I also believe people will sometimes ask me, how is it possible to be happy all the time? And I said, well, when it's really true, when it's a deep inner joy, the joy that comes from the state of being of knowing that you are more than a human, You are a spiritual being in walking in your earth suit um, and that you have everything that you need within you. And when you can access that wisdom, that power, that patience, that tolerance, that compassion that is innately a part of who you are, you can transcend what happens at this human level and include it and be happy even when you're looking at bills that you can't pay. There is a way to be in a a, a space of inner joy that accepts and allows everything that's happening in your life and then moves forward saying okay this is the situation now what
0: mm-hmm. it doesn't
2: call you into depression or sadness or shame or blame
0: right right it's it's that that ability to to express gratitude for the $25 that you can put toward that charge card instead of paying it off and to feel really, really good about that.
2: Exactly. It's accepting, allowing, receiving what you already have while you build to receive more, to create mm-hmm. more. But if we are in the denigration of what we have because it's not enough, then what we're really talking about is that we're not enough mm-hmm. in our life. right? And, yeah, yeah. And, and before, Marla, when we were talking about kind of beliefs and values, um, this is where the going got a little bit rough for me, because seeing that, you know, really uncovering that some of my beliefs um, really belittled me. I grew up in the 60s. It was a tough time for African-Americans in this country. Mm-hmm. And without being told I was not enough, I got messages from around me. You know, I would hear things um, from my my Black peers, mostly adults, but, you know, Black people have to work twice as hard to get half as much. They weren't talking to me, but I could hear that. Like, that was part of the conversation. And the, the fears. My parents made a pilgrimage to see Martin Luther King lying in the state. I mean, there were a, a number of different things. I mean, John F. Kennedy lying in state and, mm-hmm. when he was assassinated. And it's like, the, there are lots of things. that happen around us that feel like they're happening to us, and we take them on. So when I went through my journey of where is this stuff coming from, some of those realizations weren't pretty, but getting to the root of them and saying, oh, wow, when did I take that on? Well, is it true? No, it's not. It's not true that I'm not enough. It's not true that I should have to work twice as hard. I have to detach from that belief and create a new belief to take its place. So the new belief is that I am a spiritual being having a human experience. I can do all that I put my mind and heart to. And that the, that the world is fair, it is a fair and universally loving place. You know, we can come to, you talk about abundant thinking and the power of attraction, when we ratchet up, like spiral up in our consciousness and move from a place of belief in those kinds of ideas and values. We attract the reflection of that into our experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always about looking in the mirror. You don't have to go any further. You
2: know, that's one of my big exercises with clients. is, yeah. um, And it actually comes from my acting uh, stuff, where we uh, spend, it starts at five minutes, and then many people can't hold their own gaze for five minutes, but we move up to 20 minutes of being able to look at yourself in the mirror. And and if you really want to do the advanced version, you do it naked. And you listen, you listen. What is coming up for you as you hold your own countenance? Are you looking at every wrinkle and every flaw and wishing you hadn't had ice cream last night? Or are you beholding the amazingness of you and blessing those last lines as examples of the experiences of your life? How many times do you smile and how deeply you feel joy, or are you denigrating them as somehow something that's not acceptable in the idea of social consciousness and how social consciousness looks at beauty? I mean, there are lots of little ways to get underneath the surface of you. And to me, that's the number one. You know, we talk about what holds leaders back from being great and, and, and great in the idea of being intrinsically happy so they can bring that to their organization. And for me, the number one thing is too much emotional junk in the trunk that is not being examined and transformed. So, subconscious woundology and fear are dictating the way they perceive themselves and the way they perceive situational dynamics, and actually driving how they respond.
0: An important thing for anyone, let alone leaders, to explore most definitely because we we have our energy is emitted and we're going to attract like kind of energy and you don't want clients and vendors and employees right who have similar energy if you're very unhappy
2: right oh that's very yeah. true yeah. you know and i i focus on helping people get out of their heads so we we're very much especially in the western culture attached to this idea of the brain and the, and the conscious mind being so powerful, we get in the sorting, processing, analyzing, memorizing, all of that stuff that is ahead. And not leveraging the emotional, intuitive wisdom of the heart. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite quotes about this is from Al- Albert Einstein, and he said, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the conscious mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that worships the servant and has forgotten the gift. And heart wisdom is very, very powerful. You know, there's an organization called the Institute for Heart Math, I and they've it. studied the heart. Don't you
0: love heart math? Oh, my gosh. I love heart math. Yes. have the little monitor and everything. We have an M-wave. Beautiful. Yes.
2: Fabulous. Well, they have research that shows, you know, a lot of times we hear about how the brain communicates with the rest of the system. But the Institute of Heart Math has lots of studies that show how the heart communicates to the brain in four different ways, helping it affects the brain's activity and the brain's performance. It can create shifts in perception, clarity, awareness, performance and in many different ways. The heart is a very electromagnetic energy generator and it can produce a whole field that it can be experienced outside the body. So you're absolutely correct. When we are walking around in energy, certain energy, that energy field is, is emanated from beyond us. And people can tell. They can feel it. And that's our attraction force. So yeah. when we're in a negative inner state, we are putting out negative energy and it's going to attract this light.
0: Mm-hmm. we're about to go into another break and i'd like to just leave our audience with another thought that if you can just simply begin by spending a few minutes a day opening your heart and and I- imagining a picture an image that brings such joy to you and just receiving and and emanating that joy from your heart space that in and of itself is going to create a significant shift in your life so just give that a try it really Really can be that simple to to walk this path of happiness at, at the beginning. So we'll be back here in just a minute.
1: Unlocking the secrets in you. To create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Show me the money! Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on TogiNet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world, and she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's intelligent investing with Pam Otten on Tuginet. Get ready to laugh along with this little parent stayed home with Ali Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togenet.com.
0: And we're here today with author, speaker, and coach, Valerie Shepard. And Valerie guides her clients to authentic happiness, fulfillment, and success by using her four-step happy-to-be-me process. Valerie, tell us a little bit about that process.
2: Oh, sure. I'd love to. So in a nutshell, it's about the transformation from mighty ego, lowercase m-e, to Magnificent Essence, which is the capital M-E in the name Happy to be Me, and which is what I believe we all are, is the essence Mm -hmm. of divine. We are divinity walking on the earth. And um, the four steps are what I teach about how to get connected to this spiritual essence of who we are and live from that place. And step number one is to wake up. Wake up to the truth of who you are and live from that place. Step number two is to shake up and release your attachment to anything that is not that. So a minute ago I was talking about um, a a deeply held belief around not being enough because of my race and how that had clouded how I responded to situations and how I strove so hard and worked so hard in my life to prove that I was worthy. And so as soon as you become aware of those things, we have to let go of the attachments, and we have to heal those wounds and move forward in a different understanding. So that's the shake-up step. Step number three is make up a new story of the way you want your life to be. And the point that I make here is you have to be the star. I know so many people who are kind of extras in their own lives. Their lives are focused on what they can give to other people and um, how they work for other people and do things. You know, children, churches, businesses, whatever is the other, it's not serving them to be last in their list of important and so the makeup step is around uh, creating the life that you um, want to live with yourself as the centerpiece I call it healthy and responsible selfishness and then step number four is take up the take up step is about taking up the reins and living it and by that I mean what is it that you need to surround yourself to actually go through with it it's not enough to kind of choose the life you want the real way, people think that knowledge is power. It's like, okay, so I know what I want, but the real power comes from taking action to have it and then opening yourself up to receiving it. So the take-up step is what are those practices? Who do I, do I need a coach? Who are the advocates that I need in my life? Do I need to jettison somebody? Do I have a friend who just feeds on my negativity and doesn't support me? And if that's a, a spouse or partner, you got to have a real deep conversation mm-hmm. with yourself and with them about that. How am I... Um, what about my job? What about my career? Are these things really reflecting the deepest intent of me, that spiritual essence of me? Are they reflecting a deep wound of me? And um, that's what I help people do.
0: Amazing. You you are able to sum it up so succinctly, and yet it's it sounds so rich and abundant. I love that. Now, is this um, is this process something you do strictly within your coaching, or do you have a process that people can go to Heart of Living Vibrantly to purchase?
2: It's it's primarily through my coaching. So I do mm-hmm. individual one-on-one coaching and workshops. We um, take retreats—one day retreats, three-day retreats, eight-day retreats. So we have a couple of different ways that we help people sort sort through this stuff and and get them started
0: down the path mm-hmm. let's talk for a minute valerie about i believe it was the shake-up step that you mentioned and and that is you know letting go of realizing that these are not your beliefs they don't belong to you letting go of those um it, it's not always simple to do that right How, <laughs> well, yeah, <no. laughs> you know? yeah. yeah i
2: know. i wish i could uh, like say it is
0: it is but i can't that would be not true
2: It it comes back to choice, Marla. Like, how determined are we to have the life that we want instead of the life that we've been living? Mm -hmm. So it it requires commitment and it requires vigilance Mm -hmm. and that that conscious observance where we can say, oh, there I am doing the old energy of me. How do I want to shift it? Now, it, it can get really fast. Like, you can get to a single moment, and if you're really present with you, And you can say, I can say to myself at this point, uh uh-oh, I can feel the energy coming up, the energy of fear. Like I had a little nugget around questions. When people would ask me questions, I would feel really terrified. And what would come up was an anger response, which was a way of saying, you're getting too close. That's too much intimacy. And I don't want you to know that I don't know. So I'm going to kind of push you back a little bit with my energy. And so people would feel, that was what my staff would say, you feel angry all the time. So when I got clear on that, I could say to myself, someone would ask me a question, and I could feel that old knee jerk coming up. I could feel it. You can, If you're really observant of yourself, you will feel yourself go into the old energy. And I got to the point where it started as I would notice it in retrospect, and I would have to go back to the person and say, sorry, you know what that was. I was feeling fear, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let's go back and have the conversation. But now it's to the point where I can feel it coming up as I'm breathing, and I can have a conversation with myself in my heart. No, this is not the truth of who I am. I am peace, love, joy, and freedom. This question is not anything to be afraid of. It's okay to not know the answer. I can do all that in split seconds now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I help, help clients do is make that journey from, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm still doing the old energy, into releasing the pattern. And, you know, as, as human beings, we like patterns. So it's just a matter of creating that habitually positive pattern of behavior where we are allowing ourselves to feel the emotion. And that's the number one thing. You have to be willing to feel it. You cannot shift what you're not willing to experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a universal law out there. Whatever you give energy to expands, right? So nice. if you give energy to resistance, you expand what it is you're trying to resist, that negativity. You expand it. That's how people end up getting more of what they don't want than more of what they do because they put their energy on the fear of having it show up. I really don't want to go broke. Well, you're putting your energy on losing money as opposed to the law of attraction, which is focusing your energy on what you do want.
0: And that's something that entrepreneurs do a lot of, you know, because our businesses are our babies and, you know, we create a product and that product is, you know, all the, the knowledge and wisdom and skill and talent that we have and is all poured into that. And so it becomes very, very personal and, and failure just doesn't feel like an option so all those defenses will rear up (laughs) and uh, you'll feel that resistance yeah
2: and the more personal the business is you know i feel like this is really really important wisdom for entrepreneurs because of exactly what you said it's very personal to them this is their you know it's their book it's they've poured out their heart into a technique or um, a message or a product and so it reflects them and so the deeper their personal wounds that haven't been held, that haven't been healed, the more those wounds are going to impact the strength and the life of the, of the business because that's the energy that they're pouring into it. And so being right. able to, to release from all the old stuff, I call it emotional junk in the trunk, it doesn't mean it's bad and we shouldn't ever denigrate it. It's just an experience that we had. Mm. We took something away from it. And that became a belief system. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't about calling the rest of our lives worthless. And, you know, some people get to this point in their 50s or 40s and they think they've wasted their lives because they didn't know this stuff. That's not true. It's not true. Mm -hmm. It's just a situation that happened. And at any point, you can create a new experience for yourself by creating a new expression of who you really are.
0: Right. Right. It's never, ever too late to learn from our life experiences and to turn them into little valuable nuggets of gold and, and just glean the things we need and let go of the rest. And, you know, I'll, I'll often get people in here who are in their 50s and 60s who have the attitude of why bother now? Well, you know, I don't yeah. want the change. I, I don't want. I can't leave my job. I have my retirement. I can't leave my marriage. I'd never make it. Why bother now? But it's not true.
2: I know it's such an illusion, and they're just bought into lack of limitations, thinking with that. And yeah. and I I agree with you. I hear it too often. I had a client once tell me, I, "I've got. I'm you know I'm happy enough
0: um, mm. that." Oh feel- no.
2: I'm happy enough that I said, that makes me really feel sad. I feel like you're missing out on what could be like heights of happiness. You can't even, you can't even imagine that you can experience. And she's had, she's been working with me and has had many, many breakthroughs. And now she laughs at the fact that she ever said that statement. And it really is about being open to, um, seeing bigger possibilities at any age and, one, you know, you talked about the values exercise. One exercise that I also have clients do is about creating a timeline from their life. And then to feel good about it, let's, let's characterize certain phases. So maybe in the, you know, age 17 to 29 phase, I was in, like, what was, what, how would you characterize that phase from a positive perspective? What, what happened in those years? from which you can create really great satisfaction and fulfillment if you, so what what are some words that might characterize that phase of your life in a in a positive and uplifting and fulfilling way and in an inspiring way so that you can look back on the different phases of your life and know that number 1 you had to have them in a way that is contributing to who you are and where you are now and number 2 that it hasn't all been for nothing it's been Spectacular, exactly the way it needed to be at that time,
0: mm-hmm. and that's a tough. That's a really tough threshold for many people to cross. You know, if you've had a difficult life or you know, really unhappy childhood, embracing that it happened exactly as it was intended, and that that's a tough one. But once you do that, and and you're you're. Spiritual uh, belief system is going to help you to do that. Uh, Once you do that, you can break through just about anything.
2: Yes, it's very true, and it it takes away the blame and the shame and the guilt
0: and the regret. It does, it does. Mm -hmm. Valerie, it has been so delightful having you on The Million Dollar Mindset today. Thank you for sharing such a wealth of wisdom with us. And is there? we have about 30 seconds left in the show. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with?
2: Yes, thank you so much, Marla. It's been wonderful. I just wanted to build on one of the things that you said about you know, walk in the joy space. And if you have trouble with that, if there are things going on in your life that are making it hard for you to really access a feeling of joy, go to gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. Gratitude is a beautiful attitude that takes you into a place of appreciation and ratchets up your vibration. So find anything. If, it is, if, it, if it's a pet, a sunset, a sunrise, a rose. Mm-hmm. I love sitting in my garden and appreciating my roses, and it can set my entire vibration for the day. Pick something for which you are deeply grateful and feel that gratitude in your heart and call that thing into mind as much as you can.
0: Thank you, Valerie. And we'll see you all here again next week on The Million Dollar Mindset.
1: Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Chewbacca from TogiNet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to, get, and if you've